0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Being the Work, a podcast by helpers, for helpers, about our real lives, out here just trying to make the world a better place, about the problems that we have, and about the support we need to bring a little bit more humanity back to self-care. As helpers, we know we need to take care of ourselves to be able to do our jobs well, and to do them ethically it's also important that we enjoy our lives if you're looking for a place to have honest conversations and to talk about how we can actually take care of ourselves and take care of each other you're in the right place you know talking into microphones like this we don't easily get to hear from you listeners and we know you're out there and we would love to hear from you Something that will help our message get out further and so that we could help as many people with compassion fatigue and difficulties with self-care as possible by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the biggest platform right now and would really help us get our word out. We're currently recording season three and we are looking for people to participate. So if you would like to participate in the podcast or if you'd like to share your story, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can get a hold of us being the work at gmail.com or you could reach out to us. Uh, on Instagram, being the work is our handle. Today we have a wonderful guest, my old friend, Danielle. I've known her since about 2004 and we've grown up in this profession together. You'll get to hear us work out some conflicts from the past. We talk about what brought us here, what keeps us here and what we need to keep going. Talk about loneliness and the the complexities of self-care. So that's about all the housekeeping. Uh, let me introduce you to my really good friend Danielle. Blakely wasn't able to be here mm-hmm. with us today, which is a shame. But mm-hmm. she's on vacation with her family. Hi, and Blakely. Have fun. <laughs> Take care of you. <laughs> the okay. So a question that she loves to ask is to like orient everybody to who you are and to understand. Sort of the way you experience life is have you had any, have you done any like personality tests or quizzes or assessments that like the Myers Briggs or uh, Enneagram or?
1: <laughs> I have taken strengths
0: finders ooh, like ooh. five
1: times. Um, I love
0: the strengths finder.
1: The ones I can remember, uh, responsibility is number one. That's mm-hmm. not surprising. Um I I always hated taking them though because none of them were markers of what a good therapist would be. They're always really hmm. like responsibility and um maybe ideation was one. But they're sort of, sort of like very heady and you know, I would be jealous. Like strategic like, thinkings? Yeah, there would be like there was like empathy and woo and all these ones that were mm. like, that's what makes a good therapist and you're none of them.
0: Oh, so those was, are examples of things that you don't was have.
1: My, yeah, was my interpretation. Um, but I am an Enneagram six and...
0: I, six? Uh-huh. Okay.
1: And I, with self-preservation, I am not a normal six. One of the like sort of funny features that people talk with, about with sixes is... They're so funny, Mm. and they're prepped for every emergency. Mm. Ben, I don't have any, like, I I don't have an emergency kit anywhere in my house, in my car. I am literally actually, like, I'm going to pare down and take as little resources as I have to, so Mm. I don't have to manage things. Like, I'm I'm eliminating. Mm. So I'm a very strange six- but okay. my my inner motivation is the motivation of a six, which is uh, it's fear based. Okay, fear mm-hmm. and safety.
0: Fear and safety.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: How does that show up in your life?
1: Um, I think I think I understand it through the spiritual lens of growing up, believing that I was mm-hmm. bad, that it was my responsibility to find the way to being good, and. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, think those just covered me in fear.
0: Okay. Fear. got it. So, yeah, that's how that. Which should is be. A, a motivation to grow.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So when I'm, yeah. So I go to a nine and can chill and just ride the wave and.
2: Right. Right.
1: Don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm a three when I get real stressed out. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So when I'm not integrated, I go into a three. Okay. So
0: um, that's interesting. I'm a nine mm-hmm. and I go to six when mm-hmm. I'm not well and a three when I am well. Yeah. We're,
1: mm. We are in our little triad together. Yep,
0: yep, yep. Um, Blakely is an eight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anger is her motivation. Yes. And as I've gotten older, I feel like I'm a wing eight. <gasps> I'm in an anger. I'm I'm like
1: angry I have an appreciation for all the numbers I really appreciate eights
0: I do too. like I, when I realized um intimacy through argument, like yes. there's something cool about them. Uh, I know a lot of eights, mm. but i'm not I'm not super familiar with the Enne- Enneagram. Mm, okay, but so what are the other strengths that you have? you have responsibility? Oh, do you been, remember those?
1: It's been a while. An activator okay. That was one, and ideation. I can remember those three. Okay. I don't remember the other two.
0: Sure, sure. But
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, all the other personality things I don't take because... I think Adam Grant posted something the other day about how he, like, has broken up with Myers-Briggs and all the things because yeah. they're just sorely lacking in mm-hmm. nuance.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite? or the the representation you love to hate of therapists in media.
1: Oh. Have you seen Shrinking?
0: Not yet, no.
1: Oh yeah. It's like I Okay, you're going to watch it. There's there's the triad of the three therapists that uh-huh. it represents.
0: Oh, there's there's three of them. There's three. Okay.
1: And so there's the there's the strong um female the black character mm-hmm. And she is expressive and mm-hmm. warm and sharp and funny um, and has better boundaries, you know, than <laughs> than the ones. And then you have the one who's sort of like life is falling apart mm-hmm. and he's doing all these unethical things. Right. And you're like, that's literally like, so you need to literally stop doing that, you mm-hmm. know, the therapist in you. And then there's the old curmudgeon white man mm-hmm. who's probably doing the better... Like, he's doing some pretty good there because he's in his, like, 70s, so he's been in the profession for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the dynamic between the three of them... There's, like, a love-hate in all okay. three of them.
0: that's a take I didn't... I hadn't thought you need of. To, you need to watch it. I haven't wanted to watch it because <laughs> I... Most of the entertainment I like... Well, you said you like
1: comedies. silly. Yeah. It's silly.
0: Yeah. I like...
1: Oh, yeah. This show's silly.
0: But I don't want to be activated to want to fix anything. Like, okay. Parks and and Rec? Yeah. Parks and Rec. Andy Dwyer is my favorite character (laughs) because he is just silly. Yeah. And nothing makes sense. He doesn't (sighs) pay attention to anything.
1: He... Totally aloof. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. What a blissful like, life. Because that is the antithesis of therapy. He he does not have to pay attention at all. And that is literally what we are doing all day long. Yes.
0: So uh, before I came over, I... I remembered we went down look I want to I just want to preface this by saying you are a very important you, person in my life you to do that I'm I doing like it, feedback I'm doing it for myself and for people that might listen to this because I don't know if I'll keep this in <laughs> but uh, you are you are a very important person in my history even though we haven't yeah. talked in like a decade <laughs> <laughs> so same. Um, like, I think it was... You had you had graduated from your master's degree like a year before me, I think. Mm-hmm. 2011? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know how we got together, but we, we met at Starbucks one time. And I think I was still in my master's or maybe you had just graduated or Mm -hmm. something like that. And I was telling you about something. I don't even know what, but it was, you said something like, um, I'm not even going to attempt to say the like verbatim, but it was a, it was a, yo, wake up, take responsibility for your shit. The, and so here's the thing. I want to just, I just want to say this, that my memory of it is probably more of how I felt rather than what you intended.
1: Uh
0: (laughs) Um, But what did you feel? um, I felt like, Oh shit, she's right. And ouch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that part of me is, I appreciate hearing that because I, sometimes feel like I am making up parts of myself that I remember. Mm. And it's actually nice. I know that sounds strange, but it's nice to hear when someone can just confirm a little bit of like, yeah, I, there's a sharpness uh, about me. There's, um, you know, I grew up in a family that basically thinks that they know the right way for all of reality. Mm Mm-hmm. And I w- and I would bring that part forward really strong, and I'm hmm. ca- I'm very cautious about that part of myself. But the longer I'm in my own work and thinking about those parts, I can sometimes feel like, am I am I making stuff up about the way that I perceive myself?
2: Hmm.
1: Sure, sure, and it's just. Nice when actually someone says, like, no, that is, you can actually very much be that way because. Well, and
0: I, I, here's the thing is that I like, I grew up as a quiet, sort of in my head child in a quiet family. With a brother who was the loud one, who was the life of the party, and he was the alive one. Hmm. He had the essence, right? Like, and I followed him. And so I was in the background and I liked it. I was in the background. I liked being in the background. Being in the foreground is scary. Being in the foreground is tough. And so when, when I, so like my Enneagram number is nine, which is very much like I'm overseeing all the numbers and I can, I can mimic all 'all, Mm y'all, which means who am I? Mm -hmm. You never know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So,
1: and I don't, and I don't like that for you.
0: So the, when I do step out and say something opinionated, mm-hmm. and like I did that day mm-hmm. in Starbucks, and then I hear back, take responsibility for your shit. I, like, the, the part of me that is, I don't know, it reminds me of very much like seven, eight-year-old Ben, who is like, yeah, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? And, <sighs> As I say that, I'm like, ah, that's in my stomach. I feel that right now.
1: Ah. But you were literally trying to do the thing that I was saying you weren't doing. Right? I mean,
0: no, you to No, not forward? really. No? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That's not how I remember it. Okay. I don't remember taking, like, saying something. I remember. I remember saying something that had something to do with church.
2: Mm.
0: And... Complaining about
2: stuff for church. And
0: it was, it was, I don't know. Like, I think looking back on it now, I think we would both agree that I was probably right. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That's what I was just thinking. And that's what I mean. That's the part I feel cautious of.
0: Yeah. I, I hear that. Yeah. While also my, uh antenna for what harsh is is very small or it's very very sensitive so i'm like it sounds like i just want to say this is a two way street of you could have said something very clearly i think you could have said something that was very just neutral and i could have heard it not neutral so if it was even just one tick above neutral I could have been like, "Oh, oh you heard me." So I, yeah. I don't think that's what happened. I'm just saying I'm taking responsibility for my end.
1: <laughs> Which fine, take responsibility for your end. <laughs> but I also know that I, I need that part to not be minimized about myself because. I feel like that's a part that I absorbed in my upbringing and when people minimize it when they see it in me it makes what it does is it distorts my own reality from childhood like No no it wasn't that bad. Okay, so maybe it wasn't that bad from childhood. No, actually there's a there's a sharpness to me and mm-hmm. there's a dominant Dominant, opinionated, sort of dogmatic
2: mm-hmm.
1: thing that can come sure. out in me. And I need people to not pretend like that isn't in me because it makes me actually feel crazy that I'm making up what happened to me. So, ooh. So, don't, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like the feedback because it's not offensive to me, it's confirming and it helps me. It it helps me find the place that I need to heal, mm. and it and it makes it so that I'm. Um, yeah. Ooh, I think
0: we're saying the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because I don't want to. I don't want to be the person that is like, "Ooh, you can't say anything about me." Mm-hmm. I want to hear like, and I think that's what like when I look back on that moment, I look at it with love and respect. That no one ever talks to me that way, mm. and I'm glad that you didn't, like, or that you didn't just poo-poo it and, you know, do the, yeah, they suck, mm. you know, it hurt, but it's like, but that's what I respected about you.
1: I get what like, you're saying.
0: It 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 hurt me not because you were being hurtful. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, I love you, and I can't believe it's been this long. Oh, no. And I love that we're having this conversation. I know. Me <laughs> too. Like, who wants to sit down and talk about feelings? <laughs> we haven't seen each other in 10 years. But can we talk about our past relationship? I know. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> and just by the way, what the hell is this? Like, I, I am a therapist I am trained as a therapist, I'm experienced as a therapist, mm-hmm. and I'm in your house with, with
1: microphones. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is this? I know. Yeah, would you have said that 15 years ago? That, I, I don't know, I just wouldn't have said 15 years ago this is where life would be. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, no way. I would have never said that. Okay, let me ask. How did you get into this?
1: accidentally. I mean the truth is I was lost after undergrad. And my dad
0: What did you graduate with?
1: Sociology. And after spent maybe 6 months sort of just going what in the world am I doing with this? Mm-hmm. And then and then mid America the the school that I graduated from with my counseling degree. Came up with a school counseling, and my dad was like,
0: "I love that you say that to everyone else who doesn't know." Yes, that's what this. um, (laughs) She graduated from Mid American Nazarene University. (laughs) Yes, and so did I. (laughs) So did so did we graduated the same year uh, from our with our bachelors Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sociology and ministry, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, and then you got into.
1: Yes, it was very like, hey, you want to be a mom one day, right? You want to be a wife, and that was literally like,
0: this is you talking to no, you. No, this is my
1: dad. Like, oh. how did I get into this? Accidentally. Yeah, I. My dad is just ushering me into like being a really good housewife, mother, like, right? This pre, this, um, this predetermined role, right, that he had in his mind for me. You wow. can do. You can do. St- School counseling. So then you can have your family. Yeah. You'll have your days off with your kids. You could coach volleyball when you want. You know, it was all just sort of like... That's right. What would support the ideal... Right. Yeah. Feminine role. And so in the interview process, I was hyper-spiritual and as I was. And they kind of ushered me towards a pastoral role and
0: like pastoral counseling. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing that track which then led Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep.
0: It was which they didn't have any real internships for. Nope. So I
1: so I had
0: so all the No
1: actual <laughs> supportive training <clears throat> to sit in a room with a couple or really with just an individual. Oh. Wow. Oh, Ben.
0: I swear you did the couples and family. No. Okay.
1: So I how I really found my passion for couples was by doing my own couples work. Wow. I I, I did some training. It just did not click with me. Mm-hmm. Um, right after school, right after Greg graduated couples.
2: Mm-hmm. for okay. couples.
1: My husband and I did about two and a half years of our own couples work. Wow. And something then when I went back and was doing trainings. It, I understood it. Yeah. I understood how it felt on the on the couch. I understood the dynamics that were at play. And then I just kind of have, it's the place that I love to be. I love to be with individuals, but I love working with couples. So yeah. that's how I've gotten here in this place. And I just, I can't really imagine. I mean, yes, I'm my second half of life. I'm going to go into horticulture and, and like, I'm, I'm going to go work at, a, a landscape place mm. and do flowers and mm-hmm. I, I know that that is going to happen mm. <laughs> I'm putting that in the, out into the universe right now but right now you're right it is so tiring it mm. is so exhausting it is emotionally draining mm-hmm. it is lonely and yet I, I, I don't I like going to work
2: right I hated mm-hmm. my workplace. Um,
0: I hated the culture at my workplace. Mm-hmm. I loved the people I worked with, mm-hmm. and I loved my clients mm-hmm. because I have a loving responsibility that is a an affection,
2: mm-hmm.
0: a respect. And, like it, it, it pulls together both my humanity and my professionalism. Mm-hmm. If I just love someone, I will not have boundaries. Mm-hmm. If I have responsibility for that person,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I will check my fucking self. <laughs> yeah. But there is a sense of affection. Yeah, I I feel care and respect. Yeah,
1: yeah. The word care fits for
0: me. What's behind that word? What does that word mean for you?
1: It allows, it allows the part of me to exist with them that can be with their pain, their suffering, the stuckness, Mm -hmm. their inabilities, the. The traumas. It lets me be with them, but not be responsible for them,
2: because
1: mm. that's the place I can get caught into. Um, which I, and I which I'm learning is mm-hmm. so much a part of actually when it does actually become more and more lonely for me is when the boundaries are blurred. Sure. And then I am—I have become responsible for your well-being.
0: Sure, absolutely. So yeah.
1: care lets me mm-hmm. be with mm-hmm. and check at the door. Right. Um. It really, like, at the end of this day, this is your work. This is how I am participating in this. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you will leave my office, right? And take whatever's going on and do with it what you will.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: And I just get to be, uh, I get to be in, the, in the car with you, you know, for that one hour every week or whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Like traveling along the journey mm-hmm. Yeah, with you, yeah.
1: But I get out of the mm-hmm.
0: car. When you first said right. care, I thought, well, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. But care to me is split into two pieces. Mm-hmm. Love, mm-hmm. which is a, that I will be with you. That is what's keeping me here. And responsibility is what's checking me.
2: hmm
0: Because like I... because But that can easily get into taking on people's... Like taking on responsibility to fix. Yeah. Rather than just guide and mm-hmm. be with. Yeah. This is too complicated of a of an existence Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to just pull it back to here's what you need to do to fix you so that you can keep doing this work because Mm -hmm. the work is personal. You can't go into these tunnels of existence with people that are painful and terrible and wonderful and joyous without your heart being a part of it. Yes. And being told to go to use the employee assistance program to fix your burnout, being told, um, well, I think you need to eat healthier or get a hobby, mm-hmm. um, or this fake idea of work life balance. Like, is not my life a part of work? Like, my, I work in my life. It's not separate. I get what you're trying to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And let's be real. It's life is, a work is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And in our entire society, it's like we ramp up to a career that is like the whole meaning of childhood, it seems.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So let's please just back off at of this. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm talking to society here. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I'm seconding.
0: Um, but what I was, it was kind of getting around to this long winded way to say um, when you get out of the car and you say, okay, there's, there's boundaries here. I'm not taking this. How does it exist outside of session where these, these people and the the problems and the people that you care for—they mm-hmm. exist outside of the room.
1: Sure, they do. And I think I think I'm constantly working to move it back into the care. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know, just like earlier this week. There was a client that I I said something that I don't I don't normally get into a place where I just say this is not working for you anymore. We have been around this mountain and mm-hmm. around this mountain, and it, it and it was just a a strange moment that I don't normally come to
2: mm-hmm.
1: saying this isn't working anymore, and. <clears throat> It stuck with me because it was a sort of an intervention that is not typical that I would use. But in this particular case, like, there's some similarities that mm-hmm. are happening with my own self, mm-hmm. my own marriage and this marriage. Sure. And I had to check in with my husband, like, if you heard this, and it was it pushed on some of our stuff, mm-hmm and we kind of got into like a, the little thing that we do and then at the end my husband came to this conclusion and was like yeah i get what you're saying i get why you did what you did it doesn't solve anything you know but that that thing like was mm-hmm. lingering in me and mm-hmm. i was a little disrupted by it mm-hmm. and when i noticed that that's that's just to me it's number 1 is important clinical information And then number two, I am trying to keep awareness to say, hey, what's going on in me that this is still lingering in me? Right. And which is why I brought it to my husband because I think that part was in me. And then I bring that to my own therapy, you know? Well, and I
0: think the, even the way that you're talking about it is, is, um, all in metaphor. And it's with metaphors. It's Mm -hmm. trying to make sense of energy, Mm -hmm. right? And there's this something that is there's this energy that is sitting in you. Yes, that you are trying to make sense of, and you need personal feedback Mm -hmm. from someone who knows you very well, who has also like like you got into couples therapy because Because for yourself. Mm And then found a passion to be in that room, mm-hmm. helping guide people
2: mm-hmm.
0: to yeah. better relationships. And so the, that's the, exactly the piece where it's like, this is personal. Yes. And we have an abundant amount of respect and responsibility to be professional. Yes. Right? And so on On the surface, it's really easy to go, uh-uh, Danielle, that's unethical. You took that to your husband? How dare you? And
1: it's like, what the fuck, man? Come on. Well, yeah, because, because, well, the ethics around that, around how we talk about our clients to anyone. To anyone. Mm-hmm. To talk about our clinical experience in public, right. um, going home day after day after day with five, six, inappropriately seven, eight <laughs> stories, we are all we are all guilty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and holding all of those in my body. Yeah, and having ten minutes to turn around, fifteen minutes if I have that lunch break to turn that energy Mm -hmm. around in my body and metabolize it in some kind of way,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? And to be responsible with that. Mm -hmm. And I do that very regularly. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I also have to see myself as a person in this story, which Mm -hmm. is why in that moment, I chose to say, I need need something right now. And I am as important in this story as you. Right, you know, and I and we don't have the luxury, right, of proclaiming that
0: that you're a human.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That this work impacts us. Yeah.
0: I contain tragic stories.
1: Yeah.
2: And they've changed me.
0: Yes. They have shifted me to my core. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a terrible thing. This isn't a terrible thing. I am so fucking proud of who I am now Mm -hmm. compared to who I was 15 years ago. Yes. Yes. I've been doing this work since, I want to say 2009. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I've been licensed since 2012,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I like who I am now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I am more proud to be me than I ever have been, mm-hmm. and it's lonely, and it's full of suffering and pain, and that's a dialectic that that tension that conflict
2: mm-hmm.
0: is the humanity is just lost
2: mm.
0: and i don't see i don't see any available resource mm. for us as professional helpers who that that will address self care in that way that will address the humanity and the responsibility we have and how complicated this shit is
2: mm-hmm.
0: when it's really just like hey, how about a kale smoothie and how about you go exercise mm-hmm. and make sure you have time to go pee and make sure that you maintain your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and another thing on the list, need to make sure that you're uh, having work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, why don't you have an extra shirt to change into so that you have this symbolic transition
2: mm-hmm. and
0: all of those I I I want to say with humanity first those are helpful
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: if you're just telling me what to do and this maybe goes all the way back to what you what you said to me in Starbucks? Yeah, okay, you can be harsh. There's a part of you that it happened to you, and you can replay that. Mm-hmm. And I had had years of experience with you to trust you and to be to feel safe with you. And. That is why it turned to respect. Mm. I just I want to make sure that you understand mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. freshman year bachelor's degree freshman year summer after our, our freshman year, um, we were hanging out with my future wife in this weird mix of all these different people mm-hmm. and and you addressed the room of boys (laughs) who were trying to act like men. (laughs) And you said, you all are crazy. You need to be going after Ashley. Yeah. And she is beautiful. Yeah. And I am like, you're so right.
1: (laughs) Don't tell
0: them. You are blowing up my spot. (laughs) And, um... Yes, so that... That That, crystallized a lot of very important things in my life. Yeah. And I think, (laughs) uh, I want to say in three months we were engaged. Oh, it was, yeah, you, I was like,
1: you got the assignment (laughs) and you executed. You got an A. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I knew. Yeah, I. I was nineteen years old. (laughs) I was nineteen years old.
1: I. I can't even. Babies, babies,
0: babies, babies.
1: Not to discount what nineteen-year-olds go through. Not to do that. But
0: yeah. No, I mean, uh, I knew. Yeah. And um, something that. Blakely always talks about is uh, what brought you here won't keep you here. Mm-hmm. That that energy that I had to pursue Ashley did not keep me in this marriage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, 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 no.
1: And in and, and
0: it's an evolution. It's growth. It's. Yeah, maturity. It's lots of things.
1: Well, I think that's the path of all things. Like mm-hmm. that's the path of getting into um, a long-term relationship. That's the path of becoming a therapist and staying a therapist. That's mm-hmm. that's the path of. Um, I think of a lot of religions, right? It, it, there's a there's the the initial energy, excitement, newfound. Mm-hmm. Things that feel crystal clear, and then, and then the natural process muddies all of that, right? Yeah. Reality, grief, suffering, difficulty, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our own, um, our own inadequacies—the places where where we don't have enough,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know—and I think. Yeah, what brought what brought me into therapy, I think so much early on. It's that it's just that same energy of like, I'm gonna be good at this. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it and I've always been terrified of this. Work it's a work in progress in my own mind. But it's the thing that you're talking about that I'm just gonna come into the therapy room and I'm just gonna be another version of a pastor
2: mm. who's really
1: just in it for their own ego. Mm. It's just a tiny little congregation secretly.
2: Oof.
1: And a little, right? And so that, that thing that you're saying, like that I sort of have um, an ingrained rightness in me, the thing is, right, that muddied water, mm-hmm. you find out that doesn't work very well in therapy with your clients or with yourself. To just tell people
0: what to do and what to believe and
1: Or just yeah to that, that You're you, the expert. Yeah, leading leading them back to the trough of Danielle. <laughs> 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 right? uh. And it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work. There's no healing in that mm-hmm. because there's the othering and and othering. It to to me. Um, I think a lot about things that become a third, and that's the that's the sort of I thou um, thing. That's Martin Buber. Mm-hmm. You know that. So I it, it. Yes. But I it like I things, it versus I thou. things
0: ter- being turned into objects.
1: Mm-hmm. And I th- and I think that's what the that's the that's the the muddied water mm-hmm. in all things that starts when things they cannot stay in the I it mm-hmm. and my objectification of myself as a therapist, mm. it doesn't, it doesn't hold
0: as into um, objectifying yourself into an expert, mm-hmm. objectifying yourself into um the charismatic leader
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: of, of your ego. Yeah. Yeah and the objectification of like like the objectification that you've experienced mm-hmm. as a congregation member
2: mm-hmm.
0: from whatever charismatic personality that was at the pulpit yeah and that being yeah. a hu- huge fear of yours to mm-hmm. turn clients
1: into that thing and and what i what muddied the water <laughs> was how lonely yeah. How lonely that is. Say more. Because it is inherently separating. Mm-hmm. It doesn't let me be a person in the room that can, that can be. And, and when I feel like I'm constantly learning this in every area of my life, I keep, mm-hmm. this, was, this is just like a thing I'm going to tumble through for my lifetime, I think, of not objectifying myself. And allowing myself to exist in the space, tired, mm-hmm. without answers, stuck, mm. what, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and when I do that thing, it frees up the space. And then I don't have to sit in a room with two people and be lonely with them.
0: Mm. Right? This is the heart. This is at the heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is... Um...
1: And I, I hate the work when I'm objectified when I objectify myself and I love the work when I subjectify myself. (laughs) It feels a little too trite and easy, (laughs) simplified, but it's, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. 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 Okay, So just sort of transition into what keeps you here. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're getting to Mm -hmm. this place of, When you honor your own experience, Mm -hmm. honor your own feelings, Mm -hmm. um, and have boundaries around them, that's like the the flow state that feels best Mm -hmm. when you're helping people. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it is just a continuous iteration process. So, for when you're when you're talking about humanizing and and subjectifying, I feel like this uh, that's so wise, and I think that it's something that people are scared of. Like, did you ever get taught how to be a person and a therapist in your master's degree? No, or in any training that you've ever been to? No, no, no. Actually, that's.
1: You've you've uh, no.
0: actually been in, encouraged to not
1: be you. Yes.
0: <laughs> You're like, let me make sure I if I agree with that that that's no true.
1: no that's like so true that it's disturbing. But there's there's like um that ideal therapist that blank slate mm-hmm. wise reserved mm-hmm. only says you know drops that line. Mm-hmm. But that is in service of the ego, all of that is. And I, I inherently don't believe in it because as I've watched it play out, it inherently restricts the therapist from giving the appropriate intervention. Mm. If, I, if we're just coming down to brass tacks, is it therapeutic or not? No.
0: Being unhuman? Yes. Being unfeeling? Yes. Mm-hmm. Being yes. a bl- blank slate?
1: Yes. It mm-hmm. restricts, if I can't be angry and I can't mm. be tired, and I can't be bored, mm-hmm. and I can't be sad, and I can't be,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, if, if I am not allowed to feel that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: therapeutically, I will not be able to pick that up in my clients. Ooh! So it is absolutely, <laughs> it is not therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It is clinically unethical to me. Ooh,
0: that's an opposite take, right? Yeah. That was, that's my next point. Yeah. Is how self-disclosure and... Because often I think that the discussion around self-disclosure is that you're going to bring too much personal shit into mm-hmm. the room.
1: And Ben, I literally... Okay, this is... You're exactly right. Okay, I had, I did it yesterday. And then I leave and I'm like, ooh, Daniel, you crossed yeah. some sort of line. Yeah. But in mm-hmm. the moment, I mm-hmm. knew I needed to say to yep. this person mm-hmm. what I said. Right. And I would do it again, even with that part of me that's like, mm-hmm. did you just put yourself on her? Did you just take up too much space? Did right. you just, I mean, all of those, like, mm-hmm. it's so fear-based. Right. We were taught to it be is. afraid of being ourselves in the room. <laughs> and I would say, <laughs>
2: yeah, right.
1: uh, again, you are restricting the therapeutic um, intervention and what is clinically, like, what clinically supports health. Right, right. I'm
0: reading a book called Compassionomics. Oh. And it's uh, basically how the studies and the science around healthcare professionals being compassionate helps. Mm. That there's an actual mm. effect in outcomes from whether or not the like studies of anesthesiologists who went to compassionately talk with mm. the person the night before surgery just inherently needed less, less um, anesthesia and recovered faster. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And the studies that talk about how relationship, working with relationship, good rapport, trust, and like, shared goals Mm -hmm. that's what's the most helpful in therapy Mm -hmm. we want to argue often between uh, professional helpers and and therapists we want to argue which intervention is best Mm -hmm. and which philosophical (laughs) approach is best Uh but really what i think is is lost on us too often is that we all kind
1: of come from the same spot. Well, we want to help. Yes. Don't you remember in school, constantly this part though, being it's always touted like therapeutic alliance is literally mm-hmm. the the primary, if you want an indicator of success in treatment, is that are mm-hmm. do we have right. therapeutic alliance? Right. Are we listening to that? Right. How do you have a good therapeutic alliance if you are not present in the room? Right. And I'm, and I am, I'm not advocating for inappropriate... Be- well, I think this is yeah. the
0: piece is why, and this all is the golden thread for me of why this podcast is, is necessary, is that this is a both-and yes. discussion. This is not an either-or thing. And I don't care how many times you tell me that I need to get things in order in my life so I'm healthier. They're not going to resonate with me unless I trust you. Yeah. The pieces of, of it too are like, it's always the help for us is always behind a paywall. A paywall that's pretty expensive. Mm-hmm whether it's supervision or therapy or
2: mm-hmm.
0: a, a conference or mm-hmm. a getaway, like meditation retreat or something
2: mm-hmm.
0: like it's, and I, and that's a complicated thing too, but that's why this has got to happen. Like we've got to have these conversations.
1: Yeah. It's, I was going to speak to this a minute ago because it's, that part, whatever that is, it's. I think it's really, really complicated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I I am in a better place in in my career and with that self that I'm bringing to my office and to my clients. But you're right. You know, it's. I charge higher fees. I have very strong policies.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's a lot of feelings that come back at me about those things in different ways. Sure, But literally, to to keep doing this, I really do have to be... I personally, it's beneficial for me to be in my own therapy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then it's like I'm leaving on Sunday to go away for a few days. And I have had to find ways to build in... Every about 12 to 13 weeks, mm. I need a week not in my office. Right. I can only go 12 to 13 weeks. Yeah. Before I need to be away. And that's, that is a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how to say it any, any differently to the, to the public. You know, like we are carrying so much. And we are asked a lot of times to be the first people to, like you and Blakely have talked, I've heard other conversations, but we're asked, would, would you please suffer alongside me? <laughs> Let's just all suffer together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, yes, but not in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And so to be able to to hold the work, to do the work, you're right, there is this, it costs me a lot. To keep doing this work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that part is another part that's lonely because nobody it, it just sort of feels like the conversation around therapy is just, it's so expensive. Right. I know it's I, I know it costs a lot of money. Right. But to be able to sit hour after hour, day after day with people, mm-hmm. I require. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to sit with me on week 16. Mm. You don't want me personally. You don't want me as your therapist on week 16, 17, 18, 19 without that break. Mm-hmm. You know? There's just this trying to trying to figure that part out of
0: Right. Well, and I think the piece that you're talking about, I think you were just saying this before we got started, was that folks in uh, high-stress therapy jobs, hospitals and mental health centers, and yeah. they get paid terribly. Yep. And in the hierarchy of, of the profession, mm-hmm. they've got clout because they're the firefighters. Mm-hmm. They're the They're the ones that are the heroes. Mm-hmm. And we're all in the same boat in terms of we have passion to care for the people who are in pain. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that links us all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The, that is why we are here. Mm-hmm. The how is different. Mm-hmm. But I think a part of what you're talking about is when you have humanized yourself, when you have honored yourself, when you've sat back and gone, how can I sustain this? Yeah. you say I need a break.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I need therapy. Mm-hmm. That is a ton of investment because, like we talk, like you talk about the the argument of it being expensive, but that's what people are paying for. They're paying for your be- the best version of you. They are paying for the the ability for you to be present. Mm-hmm for them. Yes. And for you? Yes.
1: Ben. Oh, right? So, can we just can we just acknowledge that? Please. That is actually what is being asked of us. <laughs> please bring your best self to me every <sighs> week. Now, that in the course of good therapy, that should crumble and the The client should be disappointed when they find out that's not real. And we work through all those feelings, right? And we move the therapist out of the ideal into Mm -hmm. reality. That's good therapy. right? But there's an overarching, unconscious demand Mm -hmm. that we show up never tired, always alert, catching everything, knowing the research, best interventions... Resourced, and do it for a hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? Don't even get. Don't even get. Just the 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 ask doesn't meet then that what they ask and what they then what, what then we complain about the demands they do not ma- and they the match they cannot match don't match yes, and I recognize that I have the privilege in private practice, but I believe that what I am able to now have with privilege with with my own figuring stuff mm-hmm. out this is what every therapist needs and more so, i would maybe say more so mm-hmm. i don't know but more so those in po- working with populations that are at higher risk
0: so like here's this is sort of where i was going with all of this was if we don't unite around the things that are similar mm-hmm. We can't change anything. Yeah. Like we have, we do, we are passionate people who love to care for others, who love to see justice occur, who love to see healing occur, who hate suffering, who decide to suffer along with people Mm -hmm. um, for the hope that they will feel better, be better, be better equipped, have more resources, be more empowered, have more autonomy, mm-hmm. and know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. We're a fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. All of us. Mm-hmm. And if we can't unite around that, mm-hmm. we're not going to advocate for any positive change around this. Like what I see is like the the problem around this is uh, the money. You take you you have set up something for yourself that has utilized the area you're in, mm-hmm. the people you have access to, the privileges of all of that, and been able to set up a life where you can have balance. Mm-hmm. Now. I could easily look at that and attack that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Or I could go. That's what we all need. Yeah. How do we get that from the system? Yes. Because the system is the thing. Yes. That. I mean, have has anybody seen a like mental health therapist parking spot in the front of grocery stores? <laughs> uh have we were we even like acknowledged during the pandemic as first responders were we still expected to help people with their mental health as we're going fucking crazy too
1: yeah and I'll, honestly i mean i heard people say like oh i know you guys have been you know inundated but then it's just sort of like i mean in the last year all I hear is constant complaints about how long it takes to get into a into um a therapist. Mm-hmm. I have so many thoughts about that. But
0: wait, the demand is really high and the resources are really low?
1: What?
0: What? Is and that a then systemic
1: problem? Or like, like,
0: what? Wait. Why are we all burnt out? <laughs> uh, well. Like and so yes. I don't I don't want this to sound in really any way of comparative suffering, like
1: it doesn't have to be comparative. Right. It's just
0: it just is it's reality. This
1: part of suffering in this part of humanity,
0: like taking on the emotional toll and the emo- and doing the emotional labor of therapy, is way different than being exposed to COVID every day as a nurse in a hospital. Yes. Yep, that's completely different. Yep, and as nurses know, as Occupational therapists know, as mental health therapists know, we're all getting paid crap money. Mm-hmm. What we do for society is not
1: valued, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't make money. No, because we're in this to serve. Right, we're. In,
0: but then there's also like the <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, no, 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 no. <laughs> but it is like the moral expectation. Yes, right. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Like um, having to pay attention for just even an hour is very difficult. I'm just gonna throw that out there.
1: Okay. Yes, the mental exhaustion of okay. the The older I get, mm-hmm. um. My family has expanded. So I have more people that I care for in my own family. Mm -hmm. I have, there are ways that things that used to bring me pleasure, I literally do not have brain. I love cooking. Mm -hmm. In the last six months, cooking has just kind of disappeared because I'm, because my brain fatigue at the end of the day can't handle even following a recipe. Right. Right. Like, that's a tiny little mm-hmm. thing that i'm losing because i mm-hmm. gave no one sees that
2: no i do
1: you do therapists know what it the toll that it mm-hmm. that is taken by focusing for that hour yeah and it takes something from you yep it does and sometimes there's a feedback loop where we receive and we feel fulfilled and we mm-hmm. have meaning and we feel connected mm-hmm. to these people and and sometimes they share their appreciation right and those moments are really beautiful but on the on the day in day out mm-hmm. there's not a lot of there's there's not as much of that as i think what people think there is
0: no or how i don't know it it, it has it surprised me how little there was mm-hmm. and appreciation or feed that feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And also the idealism that I came into this work with, mm-hmm. uh, d- hasn't sustained itself.
2: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> and so I can't keep, like I keep wanting to feel like you're, you're such a, You're doing such a good job. (laughs) Like, this is such a... um, This is such an amazing decision that you've made to do this. Yeah. And then I'm like, there's another part of me that goes, you're full of shit, man.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, that part's with me on the regular.
0: So what has kept you here has been investing in yourself Mm. to get through the suffering and the pain, the emotional toll. What what
1: keeps me there is the meaning and what supports my ability to stay is, Mm. is all of this care that I have created over here. I love being with my clients. I love humans. I love humans. Mm -hmm. I like just driving in traffic and looking at people in their car. I just like people.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) That is so weird.
1: (laughs) I was taught to be afraid of people, Ben, growing up. I was Mm. taught that people are bad, and I was taught to be afraid Mm. of them. And sitting in the chair undid that for me. Oh, Because people were good, and people were... Loving and people were hurting, and people were just doing their best. And all of my fear had dissolved. I'm not afraid of people anymore. I love people. And that is that thing that keeps me in this work, you know. This all over here that I've created supports because that takes a lot from me to, to be in that place, to just be human.
0: Mm. Damn. Like something I go back to often is the book, The Places That Scare You by Pima Chodron. There's this chapter, chapter seven on loving kindness. Just reading it on the way over here to calm myself down, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to be like, just chill out. This isn't about you. you
1: It is about you. Chill out. This This is about you. This isn't about
0: my ego. And it's not about... Who I want people to see me as. This is about me just being me. Yeah. Uh, She says, another image for loving kindness is that of a mother bird who protects and cares for her young until they're strong enough to fly away. Sometimes people ask, who am I in this image? The mother or the chicks? The answer is that we're both. It's easy to identify with the babies, blind, raw, and desperate for attention. We are a poignant mixture of something that isn't all that beautiful and yet is dearly loved. Mm. Mm. I feel like the thing that's lost in this discussion of self-care is I'm caring for something that has a lot of ugliness to it. Mm because I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And I objectify me and criticize and cut apart and shame away. I'm not immune to that. Particularly when I know I've I've been in the presence of pain all day Mm -hmm. and in a mindset of problem solving, strategizing, how can I be of service here? Just the orientation of that makes me want to control my own feelings,
2: mm-hmm.
0: control my own thoughts, and not be present with me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel that.
0: And when, so like over the summer, uh, last summer, I did like three months of like hard, not hard, um, committed, Um, Meditation. I did not realize how much just natural tension I was holding, (laughs) even when I thought I was calm. I was holding lots of tension.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I need to get back into a Mm -hmm. ritual of that because it was it was because
1: it was that caring, fantastic. Yeah,
0: I didn't have to problem solve anything. I had to do less to be more. Mm -hmm. It was incredible.
2: Mm. I like that a lot.
0: It wasn't a kale smoothie. It wasn't P90X. Yeah. I want to say 2018, 2017 to 2019. I can't remember when it was. I reached out to you or...
1: You reached out to me.
0: What was I asking you? I can't even remember because all I remember from the the conversation was a recommendation for a therapist and I ended up meeting with them Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and it was all around this existential crisis of who am I? Where did I go? Mm -hmm. I've lost me. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I knew who I was and then I thought I knew what I was doing and then this big realization that it's like, hey, you have a whole room in your house you haven't even noticed. It's full of mess. Mm-hmm. I was meeting the most often when my father-in-law was just in and out of the hospital and it was like death on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. And it was all this unknown.
1: Yeah. Everything brought to your doorstep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't open the door without
0: I think as as all of that's sort of coming back to me right now and I feel the tension and the sadness and the loneliness and the desperation. i having a hard time putting words to it. I don't want any of us to feel that way, to feel so alone and not know where to turn.
1: Yeah. I don't either. I, I don't. I know I can't stop people's suffering, and I and I know that now as a therapist and as a as a friend, I mean as a partner, but it's the being alone right. you want people to be alone in that place
0: I think that's my what I need to keep going, what's going to keep me in this work. I need community
1: mm-hmm.
0: I am here in your wonderful living mm-hmm. room
1: <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs>
0: having this hours long, deep conversation (laughs) after 12 years, 10 years of not seeing you. That tells you,
1: yeah, you're like a person for me that there's just, there's like a click and there's still, I mean, you and I have, we have really different lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there's still so much to be commonality in our inner lived experience. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank you so, 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 so much for being on the podcast. I'm
1: glad to to be part of it.
0: It's wonderful to reconnect. Mm
1: -hmm. It has been.
0: (laughs) Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)